Romans 16, Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. And uh, we can all read together, because you may not have this same translation, but we can read together off the board. If you can't see this, you can turn around and look at that one back there. It's all there. So read with me. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. Lord, we honor your word in our life this day and in our midst. I thank you for your anointing that's upon the word, and I pray, Father, that that anointing flow in this place this morning. Lord, give us a mind to understand, hearts to receive, ears to hear, eyes to see today. Lord, your word that we can have it working in our life. Now, Father, I pray that over the next while that, that the anointing come, the words that go forth, touching hearts and lives today, Lord, increasing, changing, and moving us from faith to faith. And we give you the glory and honor and praise for it in Jesus' name I pray. And together we said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. We've been talking about understanding the Word so that we can have the kind of faith that we need. Now, I want to remind you of something here. We're not talking about understanding every situation that comes along in life. We're not under, talking about understanding why this happened and why that happened and, and, and those kind of things. You're going to come down to the end of your life and you're still going to say, there's just some things I don't understand. I've had, I've had people to come to me and ask me questions. And in asking the question, they would make this statement, well, I just don't understand. I don't understand. Well, there's a lot of reasons we don't understand. And, and, but when we come to the Word of God, looking into the Word, we need to realize that, that God wants us to be able to understand His Word so we can apply that Word to those situations we don't understand and we still may not understand that situation, but we'll understand who we are and where we are in that situation, in that circumstance. You've got to always realize that if you're a child of the king, you're a child of the king whether you're having trouble or not having trouble. makes no difference. And so, you know, sometimes difficulty comes and we get to feeling like, well, boy, God just don't love me anymore. Do you know that God, God loved you before you became a child of God? Do you think that he's going to quit loving you now that you're his child? Not at all. He's always going to love us, and we need to understand that and realize that. Well, we've been looking in Matthew chapter 13. And I want to go back there this morning again. Matthew chapter Matthew, Matthew chapter 13, verse 20 and 21. Matthew chapter 13, verse 20 and 21. I know we read this last week. And you think, well, preacher, there's a whole lot of other stuff to preach on. Well, you know, we're preaching on a whole lot of stuff, aren't we? So, anyway, but he that receiveth the seed in stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and immediately, the word on there means immediately, with joy receives it, yet hath no root in himself, but dureth for a while, for then tri when tribulation or persecution ariseth because the word by and by he is offended. Now, in Mark it says immediately he's offended. When, when persecution or tribulation comes, 
immediately, right then, by and by. I mean, you're going to be offended. Now, you've got to understand this, folks. Satan does not take it lightly when God's people determine that they're going to get into the Word of God and, and apply the Word of God to their life. You know why he don't like that? He don't like it because the Word of God is totally against anything he is, stands for, thinks, or whatever. Jesus said that, that he is a liar and the father of lies. He was a murderer from the beginning, he said. And we know that the Word of God is the truth. So everything that Satan is is, is opposite of the Word of God. Everything the Word of God is is opposite of Satan. So that's the reason he don't want you understanding the Word. And what he does then, he sets out for no other, if nothing else, to offend you. Now, we live in, a, we live in an age of political correctness. It, it's, and I'm having trouble living in that age. I, you know, I, I don't think I've got my citizenship straightened out yet. They're still detaining me over to airports. Okay? <laughs> On this political correctness world, I, I don't fit into it. And like Pat said, that there's sometimes that people come to church and I may say something that offends them. And they don't come back. And he's talking about new people when he says that. I may say something this morning that offends you. I may already have said something that offended you. I didn't mean to, but if it did, there's some things that you, you need to understand. What was it that one senator said to all of those folks that got so... Uh, out of whack because Mr. Trump got elected president. What was it he said? Grow up, buttercup. <laughs> so there's some things that we need to do. But political correctness, we've got to say everything exactly right. And see, people are offended so easily anymore by words that people say. Now, I know I'm probably not talking to you here. I'm, I'm preaching to the choir. Choir, everything's okay with the choir. That's when, that, when a preacher says he's preaching to the choir, he means that everybody in the choir is living right, doing right, and acting like they should, or they wouldn't be in the choir. So, you know, isn't that right? So, sometimes I preach to you like you're the choir. And you've got to sort it out yourself. Okay? But people are so easily offended by words that we speak out of our mouth. Why do people get offended? I, I was thinking about that this week. Why do people get offended? Well, number one, we find it right here. They get offended because of the Word. Now you say, well, how can somebody get offended because of the Word? Well, let me, let me just share one thing with you right here. Many times people get offended because of the Word, because they hear something preached or read something in the Bible they don't like, and because they don't like it and they don't think that that's what it ought to be, then they just sort of slack up on everything else. Isn't that the truth? You say, yeah, there's some things I don't like. Well, see, I know there's some things I preach that's right out of the Word that, that some of you have trouble with. I mean, but it's in the Word. But you have trouble with it. And uh, you say, like what? Well, you know, you know, I don't have to rehearse it to you. You know, you know, whenever I start talking about that people ought to really get involved in praise and worship. That rubs some of you a little raw. I'll do it my way, bless God. And, you know, and, and, and whenever I say things about how that we ought to witness to people, 
just sort of... And, and here's one that really gets folks. It's whenever I start talking about tithing. Praying on a daily fasting. Boy, that, that nearly offends me to say that. <laughs> fasting. Fasting. You know, there's different degrees of fasting in different ways we can, but it's something everybody needs to do some of. I'm on a 29-day fast. Right on it. 29 days since I've eaten any cake, pie, candy, or anything like that. I'm fasting that stuff. And sometimes I'm having to run pretty fast away from it. No, it hadn't been real good. It hadn't been that hard. But what I'm saying is that people get offended by the Word. They don't like that. They don't want to do that. Well, if that's the way it's going to be, then I'm just not going to go down there. I remember in North Carolina, we had a guy that came to church Young guy, played a guitar. Man, I mean tremendous guitar player. He got right with God and started playing the guitar. I mean, he just really fell in love with Jesus. And uh, so after several months, I asked him one day, I said, Mike, where's your mother and daddy go to church? They don't go to church. I said, well, why don't you get them to come here? He said, mm-mm. I said, why? He said, because they'll come and hear the truth and they won't like it and then they won't come back and then they're going to be held responsible for that truth they heard. And I'd rather them not come. Now, don't let that be a reason for not inviting people to church, okay? Your responsibility is not whether they live up to the truth they hear. Your responsibility is to, is to help them understand that God loves them and that He cares for them. See, either they don't like what they, what they hear preached, or they get a hold of the Word, and then they get ridiculed for it. You mean you go to that church down there? Man, don't you understand? At that church, they, they believe laying hands on people and praying for them to be healed. Don't, don't you know down at that church that they, they believe in the Holy Ghost? Sometimes people speak in tongues down at that church. You mean you go to that church? And then somebody will say, you know, you'll say, I'm just believing God to heal me. you got to be kidding me. You mean you go, you fall for that? All these TV evangelists, they talk about being healed. Send us money and we'll heal you. We'll, get, we'll pray for you. You send us money. That's what people are saying. And then, and then folks will start back. You know, I don't think I'll say that no more. They get offended. And he said, here they get offended and they fall away. They fall away. Fall away. Endure for a little while, but then they fall away. What do you mean they fall away? Well, I mean this, that they just sit down and they don't go any further and they wither up on the vine. They just don't do anything. See, any, here's the thing about it, folks. You've got to understand, people are going to talk. They're going to talk. They're going to talk whether you do or whether you don't. They're going to talk. I found that out in my life. Folks are going to talk about you one way or the other. So why don't we... It, it, Peter talked about a suffering persecution for righteousness' sake. He said, when you do that, happy are you? Well, if somebody's going to talk about me, I want it to be right. I want me to be right. Jesus said, blessed are you when men shall persecute you and revile you and say all manner of evil against you falsely, for great is your reward in heaven. What you need to do, folks, when you're determined to be in the Word and somebody starts talking about you being a religious freak or fanatic or or a Bible bookworm, or one of those kinds of things, y'all just throw up your hands and say, thank you, Jesus, my reward's getting bigger all the time. 
Because your reward's getting bigger in heaven. Great is your reward in heaven. People's going to talk. See, you've got to make the decision to believe the Word. And any time you make that decision to believe what the Word says, to act on the Word, then Satan's going to fight against you about that Word. You've got to understand some things here. Problems, difficulties, and circumstances in life are going to come whether you're a Christian or not a Christian. Just like people are going to talk. Being a Christian does not make you immune from anything. You've got to realize that. Understand problems are going to come without the Word. The difference is that with the Word you overcome. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 27 says this, Therefore whoever heareth these sayings of mine, and he's talking about the Word, and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock, and the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. The rock is the Word of God. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. But did you notice something here? Same wind, same rain, same flood, same storm, same problems come. Problems come to the guy that was on the sand just as much as it did to the one on the rock. The one on the rock had the same problems that the one on the sand did. The difference was the one that was on the Word of God and did not get offended, did not turn his a deaf ear to it, did not turn away from it. He was able to stand in the face of all of those problems and come out victorious, and the one that didn't do that failed. They failed. When Luke recorded these, he, uh, these parables, this same parable, he used this word. He said that he digged deep. Digged deep. We're talking about on stony ground that's shallow and don't have much root. But this guy digged deep, he said, in Luke chapter... Uh, you don't have to put this up. Luke chapter 6, verse 48. Dig deep, and when these storms came, it uses this statement, could not shake it. Because he was founded on the rock. He was founded on the Word. So why we can't let the Word of God be, be taken away from us or we get so offended because of something about the Word of God or something that somebody said or something that I don't like. Folks, let me tell you something. If you read something in the Word of God you don't like, read it again. And read it again. And read it again. And submit yourself to prayer before God until you come to the point to say, God, Your Word is sweeter than honey to the taste. Even that part right there that stung me when I first got a hold of it, but it's sweeter than honey to the taste. And I love Your Word, God. I love your word. I say being easily offended, whether it's at the word or people. People get offended at words we speak, actions we take, families, husbands, wives get offended at each other. I mean, they sometimes husband and wives get offended at each other and they stay offended, it leads to divorce. Churches split over offense. Children, children will go away from home over an offense. It just it, it's there. Well, let me tell you something about being offended. Being offended and being easily offended, and there's some people that are easily offended, 
it shows a lack of maturity. I'm not talking about age maturity. I'm talking about Christian maturity. I'm talking about something that don't have to do with your numerical number age. But I'm talking about something that has to do with your growth in the Lord. When you're easily offended, you are not spiritually mature. Now, we all like to think that we are. Just like a teenager, 13, 14, 12, 11, 10, they like to think that they're grown until responsibilities come and then they're not, well, I'm just a kid. Y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? But we all like to think that we're mature in the Lord. And if you've been a Christian for any length of time, you need to be maturing. You need to be growing just like a child grows. You need to be growing. But it's a sign of immaturity spiritually when everything comes along and offends you. I'm not, and I'm talking about in the natural sense. I'm not talking about just in church or in the Word. If you get offended, if all you do at work is just always getting offended at somebody or something, some situation, you need to grow up spiritually. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 20, I want you to look what he said. Brethren, be not children in understanding. In other words, don't be children in understanding. Grow up. Be something different. Howbeit in malice or wrath or offense or hatred or any of these things, be ye children, but in understanding be men. You see, now, be mature. What he's talking about, you, you take two children, even brothers and sisters. I know me and my brother, brothers and my sister, well, we fought sometimes like cats and dogs. But by supper time, we was all okay. I mean, we was doing good. We'd sit down at the same table together, eat the same food. All us boys slept in the same room. We had different beds, but we all slept in the same room. And you know, we were family. We'd get along as children. But you know, the bad problem with children is children grow up. And there's a characteristic as a child that we need to take with us all of our life, and that is the ability to get over it quickly. Get over it quick. You, you may have to discipline your child, and they just get mad at you as everything, but the next thing you know, they come up loving back up to you and hugging back up to you. Sure, they got offended when you busted their butt, but they got over it. And we, you know, we've got to learn how to get over it. I'm not telling you that you can come to the point where you'll never be offended at any time in your life. I'm not telling you that. You, you cannot offense-proof your life to the point to where your feelings will never get hurt again. Now, folks, I've been a Christian 47, soon be 48 years. And, and I've grown a lot during that time. And I have had opportunity on top of opportunity to be offended. And can I tell you this? Took more of them than I passed up. Should not have had it. And I'm not saying that in a bragging way, but I'm saying it to tell you this. It makes no difference how much you grow spiritually. You're always going to get offended. Now, we need to understand that. It needs to be in our head. We need to understand that. But then we need to revert back to that, back to that childlike way of getting over it and moving on and allowing love to continue to reign in our life. Because when I walk with an offended attitude, I'm not going to grow in the Word of God. 
my faith is not going to work. I'm not going to produce the fruit that I need to. Why? Because I'm holding something against somebody. Holding something. You know, uh, it, can, I, can I tell you all this? My wife has actually offended me a few times. But I've offended her way under more she has me. <laughs> but you know what? We, it, it goes. It, things come. People are people and things come and things go. And we need to learn that we can move on and let it go and not hold on to it. Right? Hey, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I've come to a place in my life that if I feel like I've said something or done something that really hurts her, I can't live with myself. I have to get it right. And that's the way we need to be with each other as brothers and sisters. If I know I've offended Brother Wayne, then I need to, if I know it, then I don't need to wait for him to come to me and say, you offended me. If I know I've done it, I need to go to him and say, man, I can't live this way. I, I, I want to I wanna ask you to forgive me. You see what I'm saying? We need to learn to do that. We need to learn to do that with each other in the church because that's the way children, I saw you know. Well, didn't he just hit you in the nose a few minutes? I saw Let's play ball. We need to learn to do that as adults. The love walk will keep you from being easily offended. It will. I want you to look in Colossians chapter 3, verse 14. Colossians 3, verse 14 says, And above all these put on charity or love, which is the bond or the evidence of perfectness. That word perfectness there should be read Spiritual maturity. Love is the proof of spiritual maturity. Now, you know, over the years, we, we've had situations and circumstances to come up in church, and, and Mark can, you, he can avouch to that. Becky can. Uh, Brother Mary and Sister Debbie, they can because they've been around all these years. How long y'all been here? 52? Something like that. Anyway, they've been around a long time. But, and we've had situations and circumstances to come up that could have absolutely closed this place down. But we chose to walk in love, and people chose to walk in love. That shows maturity. A high mark of Christian maturity is the love that you show to where you, where you don't take offense so easy at everything that's said and done that you don't, purposely do anything to cause someone else to be offended, but you walk in love. You walk in love. That's that's word that he's he's called us to do. In first Corinthians chapter thirteen, this, I want, this is from the New Living Translation. I want you to see this. Love is patient and kind. Love is not joy, jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. You know, when people are so easily offended, they're demanding their own way. They want their own way all the time. It's got to be like, I want it, or I'm not going to put up with it. Now, there's things that I need to be that way on in my life. I don't need to I don't need to compromise. Right? But that's not what this is talking about. This right here is talking about where everything centers around me. This is my world. And when you're that way, brother and sister, whether you like it or not, you have become the God of your world, and your world is doomed to destruction because you're the God of it. You as God cannot protect your world. 
Love does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. That's one I'm working on right there. I'm doing a lot better. I don't actually get up in the mornings without growling anymore. <laughs> and it keeps no record of being wrong. Now, that's where we're talking about offense right there. These people that got offended years ago over a situation, every time, they get it, every time that situation comes up, they get offended all over again. And if they start talking about it, they get offended. You've never forgiven anyone if every time it comes up again, you get upset again. You've not, you've not forgiven. I've got to rehearse this to you. When I pastored in South Georgia, those folks did everything for me except cause me to have a nervous breakdown, and I was on the close verge of that, but I got a hold of it, and I said, this is not going to happen to me. I'm not going to do it. But anyway, a few months later, they nearly caused Loretta to have a nervous breakdown. To say the least, I was real mad and upset with those people, and we left. Just left. Well, we stayed, give them a two-month notice, and we left. Went away from there. But the problem was, when we left, the hurt didn't stay in South Georgia. The offense didn't stay down there. It moved to North Carolina with us. And I, I had to deal with that. I had to go on dealing with that. Trying to pastor another little flock of people, I had to go on dealing with that. And then God began to show me one day that I couldn't do that, that I was going to have to forgive those people and let that sore heal and move on from it. And I said, well, God, I, I can't forgive them. And the Lord said this. He said, well, then I can't forgive you. Boy, it stops you dead in your tracks, don't it? Because he said, if you don't forgive men their trespasses, your Father in heaven will not forgive you your trespasses. Boy, it stops you dead in your tracks. Dead in your, sort of like I was hearing a preacher the other day talking about that he had said something about some people had been talking against them in their ministry and said that, that three or four hours later, uh, his father-in-law turned to him and said, you need to repent over that. Oh, I have already. But he said that tore him up like everything. And he went to his bed bedroom got in there on the bed and said he's sitting there swinging his feet like a little child and saying, I'm not ever going to say anything else about anybody to anybody else again in my life. Said God said, good. I quit acting like a child. But anyway, I said, God, I can't do this. So the Lord said this. said, when you pray, you have to just begin to do it. I forgive them. I said, but I can't go to him. He said, you don't have to. Just begin to do it in the Spirit and say, I forgive them. I forgive them. I forgive them. And I did. I began to do that. And I said, God, how long do I got to do this? He said, you do it until it comes to the point that it don't matter when it comes up in your spirit, your mind, or conversation again. It don't matter that it ever happens. You move on from it then. Those folks called and wanted me to come preach revival, and I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go back down there. I didn't want to get back in that mess. God dealt with me on that, and I prayed, and I forgave them, and forgave them, and forgave them, and forgave them, and forgave them. Went back down there, and during that week, all of them except one person came to me and asked me to forgive them. Boy, we had a revival. People got saved. People got delivered. People, I, I'm talking about one eight-year-old girl got delivered of demonic oppression in that, or possession in that, in that revival. And the pastor's alcoholic, Father and stepmother both got saved that week in that revival. Now, if I'd have wanted to get offended, would it have happened? No, not at that point. God would have used somebody else. But listen, love 
Don't keep a record of being wrong. You say, well, I've been wrong. How do I get over it? By forgiving them and let it come to the point where it don't matter that it happened. You love them and you move on from that. That's, and if we don't do that, folks, faith is not going to work like it needs to in our life. Oh, but Pastor God, He makes allowances for that because we're all only human. Then He didn't mean it when He said, when you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father which is in heaven will forgive you your trespasses. Didn't He teach us to pray? Father, forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. So we've got to do this. Now, it does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Now, if we, if we purpose ourselves to begin to walk in love, folks, we will not get offended as easily, and we'll begin to get over past offenses, past trespasses. But if we just want to go on and say, well, time heals the wound. I'm telling you, it don't either. Time may heal a scab over. I'm not sure something else comes up or you see them at Walmart or something, that scab tires right back off of it. I'm not talking about scabbing something over. I'm talking about complete healing to the point to where if there's a scar, it's a beauty mark. It's not something to be ugly and you walk on in it because you've grown in the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm glad today that, that the love of God's greater and bigger than me and you all put together. And He said, here, here's my love. Love with this love. Hallelujah. Now then, it said that they received the Word of God with gladness, immediately with joy. But then when persecution rose up, they immediately fell away. And I want to come back to that because they were offended. I want to come back to something. Then you say, would that mean I'm never supposed to get excited about the Word of God? No, no, no. You need to get excited about the Word of God, but there's a way to do it. There's a way that we can begin to apply the Word of God that we get a hold of, that we see, and we can live in that. In James chapter 1, and this, again, this is in the New Living Translation. This is how, how to receive the Word of God to where it will get deep in you and you won't get offended. You won't, you won't back up from it. And then you'll be on the Word in your life to where what other people do won't offend you. So first of all, he says, so get rid of all filth and evil in your lives. Uh-oh. You know he's talking to Christians when he said that. He's not talking to the folks up at the Frontier Lounge. I, I reckon it's gone out of business, hasn't it? He still can't be talking to them. Whatever it is, he's not talking to the patrons of the windmill. All right? Or the club. He's talking to people in the church. You mean, wow, Pastor, I thought when we got born again, all of our sins were forgiven. They were. But if you've lived a week... Since then, there's things that you need to get straightened out in your life. Put away all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the Word God has planted in your hearts. He did what with that Word? Planted it. These are they that fell on stony ground and they received the Word. The Word was planted in their heart. They received it 
but didn't have much root. So now then he's saying, here, if you want the word that's been planted there, get away the filth, get away the evil, so that it can begin to take root in your life. For it has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's word. This next verse is an offensive verse, this next part of this verse. You must do what it says. There's been a lot of times over the years that I've, I've heard the Word of God and, boy, it just gets big in me and I just get so happy. I, I just you know, want to run and shout and jump up and down and, and, and all of that. And the next thing you turn around and Satan hits you right behind you. Well, this said this, but this is what's happening. You know why it was doing that move that way? I wasn't doing what it said. I wasn't applying myself to doing what the Word of God said. So I was getting beat up because of the Word of God, because I wasn't doing what it said. I was just listening, getting excited about it. Boy, it feels good. So like going to church and, and hearing a good message about love. And boy, you go, yes, I love everybody. And you get out on the highway and somebody cuts you off and you'd love is put to the test. Or you go to the restaurant and the waiter, food server, not to say it that way anymore, the food server don't do just exactly like you want. The food's not cooked just exactly like you want. And that excitement about that love message is just really... And the next thing you know, the, the anointing of Brother Dennis comes on you. I don't know what the anointing of Brother Dennis is, don't you? The spirit of slap. <laughs> I'm sorry, brother. <laughs> now you got to forgive me. <laughs> I love you, but I ain't forgiving you. Is that what it is? I love you too, brother. <laughs> See, we, we hear it, but if it's going to work in our life, we've got to do it. That's the reason. That's the reason that people people heard messages preached about prosperity. And they, they say, oh, I don't work. Well, if, you, if somebody preaches about prosperity properly, and there's some that do, and if you do what the Word of God says, then there's going to be errors of your life that begin to prosper. You, you reap what you sow is a biblical principle. You don't reap what you don't sow. If you do, then that's wild seeds that Satan's bringing against you. You reap what you sow. Period. You reap after you sow. I'm not going to get started on that. I'm just trying to help you understand something. We need to realize that it, when, when we hear... Something about prosperity. There's a whole lot that goes into that. Our heart, our mind, our words, our actions come in, has to come in line with that kind of thing. But if we're not doing it, if we're not applying ourselves to doing it, then we're not going to see it and we're not going to grow and the Word's not going to work in our life like we need it to. For if you listen to the Word and don't obey it, first of all, back before that, he says, if only doing is hearing it, then you, you fooling. Don't obey it, it's like... Not me fooling you. For if you listen to the Word and don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. 
You see yourself, you walk away, and then forget what you look like. Wouldn't that be something? Every one of you looked in the mirror this morning, to some extent, getting ready to come here. I mean, it's nothing else, shaving, brushing your teeth, doing something, fixing your hair like Ron, you know. <laughs> so I'm picking on him too, Dennis. So. I can't have just one person offended at me today. I read one time where John Wesley said this, guys, any of you guys get threatened? Any of you get a bloody nose yesterday when you preached? No? Then you didn't preach then. <laughs> but all of us looked in the mirror. Now, wouldn't it be something if I come up here and held a picture up here of Pat? And he said, who's that? That's you, Pat. Oh, no, it's not. Yes, it's you. You say, something wrong with Pat. Well, then that what this is saying here? If all you're doing is hearing the Word of God and not putting it to work in your life, you're just like that. See, you see yourself, you walk away and forget what you look like. Now, here is how we receive the Word of God. The next verse says, But if you look carefully, that word looking there means getting into it, studying it, applying it to your life, praying over it, believing it. If you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, that's the Word of God, the law of liberty. And if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. If you do what it says. And let me say, some of you have been dealing with hurts. Been dealing with hurts from years ago. You've been dealing with them. And you've heard the Word of God this morning. Now, you've got two options. Get excited about it and do what it says. Or think that was a pretty message and go on and keep being hurt. Two years from now, when I preach on this again, you rake over the same thing. If you've been if you have been nursing hurts, then you need to quit nursing them. You need to quit rehearsing it. Unless you can talk about it and it don't matter that it happened. See, years ago, I couldn't talk about those people in South Georgia without getting mad and won't put my fist through the wall. The way they done me and my wife and family. I mean, just, and it wasn't all of them, it was just 13, and I just, but you know, for the last several years, I can mention it, I can use it for an illustration, I can talk about it, and it don't matter that it ever happened except it just happened, and that's it. It don't bother me. And there's been a lot of things since then. But a lot of things that don't matter. Why? I made up since then. Same thing. Don't matter. It don't matter. Why? I made up my mind and my decision that I was going to love them and I was not going to let what them or anybody else said or did hinder me. I'll tell you folks this. I got offended in August. At the mayor election. I did. Probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to get over with. But I got over it. I got over it. It don't matter. It don't matter. I don't care who. It, it just don't matter. I had to deal with that. And I had to do just exactly what I've told you this morning. It's the exact same thing. So some of you have been nursing hurts for a long time that you need to begin today to get the healing for. Here's where you start. You start, first of all, 
by asking God to forgive you for holding on to a hurt. That's the first place to start. Father, forgive me. And then the next thing you need to do after you ask God to forgive you is that you need to ask God to forgive those people that hurt you. Then you need to forgive those people that hurt you. You say, well, I can't do that. Listen, you may not be able to accomplish the feat today, but you can start today. You can start. I don't know how many times that I prayed for those, and other people since then prayed for people, Lord, and I'd call their name and I'd say, Father, I ask you to forgive them. I forgive them, and I ask you to forgive me for holding this thing. Forgive me, Lord. And, 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 and after a period of time, it got to where it was gone. The, the hurt was gone. The offense was taken care of. And I could move on in my spiritual life again. I could grow like God intended for me to grow. I could begin to see some things work and see faith work. Folks, we can't afford this kind of thing. You cannot afford to live an offended life. If you've got things in your past, start today. I'm talking about things that still hurt. Start today to get rid of those things. Listen, love like Jesus loves and loves. You see what mankind did to him. And the verse that says, For God so loved the world, he said that knowing what was going to happen, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It said here in James that this word is able to save your souls. That word save means to, be, to heal, to deliver, to set free, to make whole, healthy. So whatever you need is in that Word and you can overcome these problems and burdens and things that are holding you back and it don't have to hold you back anymore. Things that other people's done don't have to hinder you from moving on with God and receiving what God has for you. Y'all stand with me.